right, John. It's 916 at night when we're recording this. It's going to come out on Monday morning. We're here to talk about the uh, current K-State news, which I think will be a lot of fun. So um, I think we've got a pretty good show. We're going to talk about some of the K-State basketball roster and coaching shakeups that we've seen recently. We've got the, the final four games that happened on Saturday night, as well as the championship game that's going to happen on Monday night. Talk about some baseball as well, John. But first off, uh, John, you know, it's pretty funny. I think, uh, what, like a, nine days ago when we had our show before we did Willie's Archive, the Friday before, I was talking about how, you know, K-State fans, you know, can't overreact that we're going to make all these crazy roster moves because we only had one roster spot available. And a week has gone by, John, and five players are in the transfer portal. We have six roster spot openings, and um, we have not managed to get any transfers or recruits as of yet. But, I mean, I guess we should just start off, John, uh, your first reactions. I'll go ahead and name off all the people that have entered the transfer portal, and I think I'll get your reaction to the one we all, um, you know, that's making the biggest news. So we have Selton Miguel, Carlton Lingard, Luke Kasuki, Sergio Lewis most recently, hit the transfer portal. And then obviously Nigel pack, John. Um, I mean, what was your first reaction when you heard the news? I meant to a lesser extent as well, Drew Hannes, but, uh, oh, but one, yeah. But one that really pops pops uh, just, which really just a big gut punch. Um, it, it's Nigel pack. Uh, just seeing him uh, from what looked like uh, saying he, he, it looked like it was, he was promised. Oh man. He looked like he was going to come back. It was starting to look that way for a lot of K-State fans, uh, especially with the way he presented himself during during uh, Jerome Tank's press press conference uh, afterwards. Um, just shortly, he decides to enter his name into the NBA draft uh, draft pool to see um, to see like how he measures uh, to some of the uh, to some of the um, people who will set him up better for the for the future. Um, but it just never, uh, but Ben just probably on right when we didn't expect it, he announces he enter, enters the transfer portal, uh, which is just really, it's, it's a killer for K-State. And I think, well, for sure, it's going for, for certainty, it's going to be mainly because he wanted to play for coach Weber. That was really the number one, what I'd say is the number one main factor. And, uh, just not knowing that he's going to be playing for Coach Weber and there's going to be a massive roster change. I don't necessarily blame him uh, to enter the transfer portal if that's what he decides to go to go through. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you take out the press conference and the fact that, like, I think we can all agree that Coach Tang, it was a solid A from him, that, like, it's totally understandable. I mean, all of his coaching, like, you know, his coaches are gone. A lot of the players that he played with last year are gone. And I mean, you know, he doesn't want to be a part of some like perceived rebuild when that's been what he's been a part of the first two years of his career. Um, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Derek Young and Cole Manbeck actually mentioned their podcast on KCSM that um, the Pack family was supposed to have dinner with Coach Tang at, I think it was on Thursday, but that never ended up happening because Pack entered the transfer portal beforehand, which I mean, you know, John, I know he said, that he's going to consider K-State to come back. But based on what was said during Yurik Malagy's uh, opening press conference that, you know, one guy doesn't make a program, we're going to work hard to get Nigel back. But if he doesn't want to come back, then, like, it is what it is. It just – it doesn't seem that likely he's coming back. If he wanted to stay at K-State, he wouldn't have entered the transfer portal in the first place. I mean, you know, 
we're not going to get, oh my God, his name is totally um, uh, Caleb Williams, like a Caleb Williams situation in Oklahoma. Like we're not going to get baited like that, John. I think, I think Nigel Pack is gone. Um, we wish him the best. He's getting a ton of offers from a bunch of really strong places. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, but I mean, Gonzaga, you know, Purdue, yeah. obviously. Well, I think, I think that when talking about uh, the Caleb Williams situation, this does seem like a situation familiar, maybe not in terms of like the overall prestige of a program, but just the overall talent that's going to be lost. Um, and, I, and I go into some other schools that are well positioned more, more in terms of NCAA tournament appearances, just the state of a program right now. I'm taking a look at this list as well with the likes of Gonzaga, Arizona, uh, Purdue has been really hot on his list, um, considering that uh, his, his he lives in Indianapolis and West Lafayette is not that far away. Um, but uh, overall, it's just really going to sting. He ends his Wildcat career with fifteen point uh, with an average of fifteen point three points, three point seven rebounds. He's just really been the the guy for K State to keep. To not only win the games for the Cats, he's just he's also been real, uh, real, uh, really been hanging in there uh, for K State when it comes to these close contests. It just never really worked out. It just never really worked out. You know, John, would you be mad if he went to Illinois after what happened with the Brad Underwood thing? Would that like make you mad or at all? Not necessarily, but yeah. if it's. The, the moment the the ones where I'd be like, okay, like this is let's just stop right here. Uh, this is this is just not gonna slide with K State fans. It's it, for one, it's gonna be a Big Twelve team, and we've seen from a bunch of schools uh, such as West Virginia, Texas Tech. I mean, KU fans during the season were desperately wanting Nigel Pack to wear the crimson and blue. That that would not that would rub me the wrong way. Uh, and then you also got. Oh, um, I mean, you got some of the other schools in consideration, such as NC State and Marquette, who they haven't really risen the bar over the last few years as well. So I, I, I don't know. That will just that will just when looking at that, it would just not be a good look for K State if it's any of those uh, any of those schools that I mentioned. Yeah, I was just wondering about Illinois because I know there's some people who have some mixed feelings about what happened with Brad Underwood. I don't know. So I think some part of K State, you know, the fan base would be mad at that. But I think it would just, honestly, it would just kind of be funny. I mean, if he wants to go to the Big Ten and lose in the second round of the big, of the NCAA tournament every year, I mean, you know, that's his prerogative and playing, you know, this, you know, not the best conference in the Big Twelve. Like, you know, good for him. But I mean, um, I just want to say one more thing on it, John. I think, I think just kind of my first reaction when I is just thinking about that first game um, in November, October, when we start playing basketball, um, it's just going to be really weird. I know people are really excited for, you know, the, the season to come and to have all this new stuff, but as of right now, obviously not getting any new transfers or any um, recruits into the, um, the team as of right now, it's just going to be really weird with the new coaching staff and like, you know, Marquise Noel is the most, maybe Davion Bradford is the most familiar player we have on our roster right now. I think Nigel Pack was really going to be that like connective tissue between one era to the next, um, being such a star player. And I think of being a guy that we could, you know, not, I don't want to say rebuild, but, you know, ele- we'll use the word elevate as that's been going around these days. 
as a guy to elevate our program between eras, but it's, it's going to be really weird. It's a weird feeling as of right now, John, I mean, we have our two transfers, Marquise Noel and Ishmael who have only been at the program one year, but they're definitively our best players on our, I believe it's a seven man roster right now. Um, if you count Taj Manning, who would be an incoming yeah. freshman. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the roster, but the thing that concerns me, John, first of all, Carlton Lingard was an underrated person to enter the transfer portal. I think he had a lot of potential. He was kind of similar to like a Joe Irvin type guy to me that didn't get a lot of love. But I think if he had a full off season with K-State, I think he could have done a lot of stuff. And, you know, in a big man department where we were really lacking, and especially when three of the seven guys that are on our roster are bigs and they're Davion Bradford, Casey Eziego, and Logan Landers. Didn't get to see a lot of Logan Landers, but obviously Bradford and Eziego, two guys that we weren't really happy with their production. We'll see what an offseason does for them. Um, and that's obviously what we're going to be looking to attack in the transfer portal and recruiting. John is a big. Um, so, I mean, do you have any thoughts on the roster? Do you want to make a comment on some of the transfer guys or recruiting people we're going after? Well, I, I think you did hit on Carlton Lingard. He, he just seemed like the more most athletic guy on the court. He was able to catch the ball with his hands in the paint. He was he was also just more what another way to put it. I think he was just more complete when when uh, uh, finishing it uh, at the rim. Uh, compared to the likes of Davion Bradford and Casey Ziega we've seen uh, throughout the year. So that one, that one's going to leave a little bit of a sting as well. It's, it, and, and you're right. It, it is going to be a new team. It's going to be a lot, a lot of new recruits. Uh, I, there's definitely going to be a lot more coming from the transfer portal uh, from what we've seen. So from what we've seen so far, you've seen K-State on the list for a lot of these players. Uh, I, I think, a few names that come into mind, Terry Roberts out of Bradley. Uh, he scores 14.5 uh, uh, per average, um, uh, five rebounds per game. I think that'd be a solid pickup for K-State. Um, I, I think another one, well, I, this one's going to be at the top of my list, but clearly you got to go for um, Brandon Murray out of LSU. Uh, he averages 10 points a game, 42% shooting, and 33.6 shooting from three. While also adding three bounds, uh, three rebounds and two assists. So I think his I think his role fits perfectly uh, uh, um, while earning uh, uh, just a just a lot of uh, schools attentions. And I think K-State's up there, possibly. Yeah, I mean, we've heard we've seen the resumes of, you know, Jerome Tang of Yurik uh, Malagi and um, Jareem Dowling, the recruiting pedigree they have. And it's time for them to start, you know, walking the walk. I mean, you know, we've heard about how well they can recruit in the Texas area. I mean, they got six open roster spots. This is the perfect time to show it off. Um, I mean, obviously we talked about Nigel Pack possibly going to, I mean, getting, you know, hearing from Illinois as an offer, but um, Andre Carbello from Illinois is in the transfer portal right now. He's hearing stuff from K-State. So it'd be fun to get him. Um, what well, Shannon Jr. is in the portal, but I guess he hasn't heard from K-State. Um, Sean McNeil, who lit us up um, in one of their big comebacks. He's in the transfer portal here and from K-State. Steal a guy from the Big 12. It'd be nice to have a sharpshooter. Um, so there's a, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Um, ideally, John, some of these moves would happen sooner than later. Obviously, you know, it's the offseason. They have a ton of time to do that. But um, I think if things don't start happening soon, maybe if one more person enters the transfer portal, I think fans could start to get a little antsy 
um, early on in the Jerome Tang era? I think, I, I think what, one of the players you mentioned, Andre Cabello, I, I don't know if I'm, I, I, out of all the players, I don't know if I'm sold, I'm sold on him. Uh, he, he has shown at times throughout the season, he's not been able to control the ball at times. Uh, it's just been a little too wild on the court. Kind of similar to what we've seen through uh, Market Marquise Newell early on in the comp, uh, in the beginning of the conference season, um, but it, it's we're we're just gonna have to wait and see as ha- and and what happens as fans. We can only uh, we 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 can certainly imagine like what what's going through the, the coaches' heads at this point. Um, and this is only a week a weekend and. Uh, and we're just seeing a lot of K-State fans like seeing who who we should go after. I, I'd say I'd say right now, let the let the coaches in in their feet a little, uh, dive in a little bit, see see what's out there, and we'll see how it goes from there. I mean, it may trust me, it's going to take a a while to for K-State to really get things going. It's not going to be. It's probably not going to be what Iowa State uh, just quickly became after going two and twenty two a year ago. Uh, it, it's going to take a lot of progress, but we we've seen a, uh, we've seen Jerome Tang do this with Baylor uh, through throughout his coaching career. So it, it's 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 only the beginning. That's all I can say. Yeah, I mean we're only a week in, John. Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, I mean you can't just go out and say, hey, um, you want to come to K State? And they're like, yeah, totally. I mean that's not how this process works. Obviously, it's going to take some time. Um, again, I mean I just. Hopefully in the next week, we can at least get one guy, John, you know, just one guy that we can kind of hold. If we get Brandon Murray, I, I mean, that would totally, we'd be riding the uh, roller coaster. I'd be heavily satisfied yeah. with that. And for K-State and for K-State fans, this isn't like Oklahoma football where you're like, Hey, we want you to play, come play at Oklahoma. You, you're led by Brent Venables uh, and, and, uh, a talented and a talented defense like it, it's not going to be or or Kansas anyways if they're looking for any players um but but the pop the possibilities out there you got a lot of great great historic uh great historical success within the program you you got a, a strong fan support um who only want the best for their program. Um I mean you're competing in the best conference as well. I mean you got three you got three uh teams in the national championships throughout the past three years as well so uh it it's it's a good it's a good recruiting tool that you can certainly use yeah uh, i mean before we take a quick break john um we guess we won't talk about this and at any other time but uh dylan edwards was at a uh at a oh, football, right, we, uh, what is that a open practice as well as avery johnson um how, how how good are you feeling about dylan edwards coming to k-state you know, if you were to tell me early on, like before that, before then, I'd say, oh, man, Oklahoma and Jackson State are, are just all over this guy. K-State for, for, has done a great job. And I'm, I'm saying this not only for the coaching step, but the fans. They have really been leveraging for Caleb Williams. Uh, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've been really leveraging for Dylan Edwards to come to K-State. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential we we've seen um uh throughout a while there's a great uh, there's a great coaching connection between Colin Klein and Dylan Edwards um he has but he has a lot of possibility yeah sorry potential to become the next Deuce Vaughn uh 
from what we've seen uh from what we've seen uh on on some highlights back back when he was playing for derby um so if it i'm starting to feel a lot better better about it you're going to have to compete against a lot of schools to get to get there and i'm not talking about just dylan edwards specifically i'm talking about more so of the likes of uh avery johnson and and dylan edwards kind of a duo right there you're gonna have to try and battle a lot of schools uh such as oklahoma and nebraska comes into mind as well washington's been trying to go after him as well um I'd probably say if, if there's like two, but top two schools right now, it'd be K-State and Oklahoma uh, for the most part. Yeah, I think that's how it's kind of been for a, a little while. He just announced he's going to narrow his list down and then make his commitment soon. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there. I mean, yeah. it's it's just a gut feeling. I don't have any intel, but I think I think he's probably, I think I would, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say he probably would pick K-State. Avery Johnson, I'm not quite as sure on what his is Arkansas his main school that he's looking at. Right now it's Arkansas. Right. However, if you were to tell if 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 it does come into mind that Dylan Edwards is coming to K-State, I, I think that could really open up a gateway because we've seen a, a, a lot a lot of rumors, a lot of tweets on Twitter um with uh Dylan Edwards saying, Hey Avery, you want to room up, uh you want to yeah. room together. Uh and from what I from what I remember, it seemed as if only K State was maybe Washington as well, but K State uh, was offering both of them uh, an opportunity to play. Uh, I think I think I also did something saw something as well um, with Grant Stubblefield on Instagram. Uh, he 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 uh, made a post about K State as well. That's Re- uh, Reggie Stubblefield's uh, brother. Um, it's looking like he's he could possibly go into K State. Uh, and Dylan Edwards then commented, said, hey, you want to uh, want to possibly uh, play to where do you want to possibly play? And then Grant's Doublefield replied in the state. So there, there's a lot of it, it's it's a, it's mainly about the winning game. But the players overall, they're giving a lot of sneaky hints here and there. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I mean, as a K-State fan as well, I am I'm proud uh, just to see the amount of recruiting progress we've made. Just like seeing these big name players uh, uh, have K-State on the board, it's just all a matter of starting to get them now. But so far, uh, Coach Kleiman, Taylor Brett, and the entire uh, coach, coaching roster, uh, they've been doing they've been doing a great job, uh, kind of wheeling these recruits. Yeah, I mean, you got to give credit to the coaching staff, Taylor Bray, and all of them, but you got to give credit to the fans. I mean, they're killing it on Twitter. Every time you see one of these recruits' tweets, it's just berated with nonstop <laughs> K State stuff. I mean, this is a passionate fan base, and it really shows on Twitter. And these fans, I mean, these uh, these recruits know what they're in for if they come to K State. And even during basketball season, we saw one of um, we saw uh, what was it? We saw one of Avery Johnson's ultimate uh, highlights. Oh uh, yeah. I'm dunk for Mays, uh, I believe. Um, yeah. And there's just a lot of K-State fans uh, just flooding it, flooding the comment section. They were just saying, oh, man, we got we got an ultimate basketball player possibly coming to K-State as well. I mean, I, I, the, fa- the fans have been a- incredible. Uh, K-State Twitter is just when, when, Un- when unrivaled. They, they, it's unrivaled. It's unrivaled. I mean, even with Kansas in the national championship for basketball, you're going to hear a lot from the K-State fans. 
<laughs> oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, it would be a real shame, John, to let guys like Dylan Edwards and Avery Johnson leave the state of Kansas when they're that high caliber of player. And Kansas State is uh, by far the best football you'll see in the state of Kansas right now. So oh, I mean, it's I mean, it's <laughs> you got K State and Kansas. I mean, there's uh, a yeah, there's a there's like, a canyon between between those two schools. I read about Canyon call. It's like Mount West <laughs> type of comparisons out here. It's like think think of it think of it as um oh think of it as K State and Nebraska like we we did on our last show K State Nebraska may maybe not have K State to like where Nebraska was back then maybe like uh, relatively K- speaking you know because KU was is lower than where it may, you know yeah I mean K KU they, they like they probably consider K-State the mountaintop at this point. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't know if it'd be really cool if K-State could get to 29 in a row against KU. Um, is it doable? I yeah. mean, right now, yeah. pretty looking pretty doable. We'll see what Lance Leopold can do at KU. As long um, as uh, as long as they uh, don't get anything going with Kai Thomas and also if they keep yeah. their stadium looking like an abandoned wish. <laughs> yeah, just, it's, it's definitely not a recruiting tool that goes in their favor. Uh, <laughs> oh man well i mean i'll just say to nigel pack that if you do if you do decide to leave k-state wish you the best of luck if you stay in the big 12 um we're gonna be booing the crap out of you a couple of times a year but um if you do decide it, to stay, uh, you're in for quite a ride think of but, it as chris beard think of it as chris beard texas tech level so <laughs> just a little bit yeah, hire some uh, security guards to walk you into the stadium. Um, yeah, but I think with that, we can uh, leave it there. We'll take a quick break, uh, recap the Final Four, preview the National Championship talks in baseball uh, when we return. All right, John, and we're back here to talk about the Final Four. Um, do we do we need to talk about Villanova, Kansas at all? I mean, we can – No. I mean, KU had five bench points. They shot the crap out of the ball. David McCormick was 10 for 12. It was probably uh, McCormick's best game. It, uh, it kind of makes you wish Houston made the final four because um, I think Houston, the way they played uh, against Arizona, and they just totally just crapped the bed against North uh, against Villanova, excuse me. I think, I don't know. They're just so, they were so high up in Ken Palm. I think they, and they just, I don't know. They have the, they really had, they had that big guy. I think could take care of McCormick, but that's all hypotheticals. KU won by a lot. Um, they were ahead pretty much the entire game. Um, I mean, I don't have much else to say, John. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I think that's the best way to put it. We're, um, we're just now probably seeing Kansas win, win a na- national championship, possibly. I mean, o- O'Shea Abaji, he had a great game. Uh, he had he had four three pointers to start off um, with for KU. They were they were off to a really fast start against Villanova. I think they were up 10-0 to start off, um, but nonetheless, it, it was um, it was just brutal to watch on Villanova's part. They made a few little runs here and there, but overall, it was just all Jayhawks. Yeah, Kansas. yeah. I mean, do you, would you say that KU was due? for like a national championship given that i mean 2008 was their last one there's been a lot of blue bloods who've won a title since that year k what duke won it a couple years later um i'm trying to think who else has won a title i mean louisville won one i think kentucky Um, north carolina well kentucky 
Louisville won the championship. However, that was Georgetown, Villanova. Yeah. Because um, that the Louisville national championship that was removed due to the uh, NCAA tournament. Oh. FBA kidding on them as well. But um, uh, you also you also got oh Rick. I, I can't believe Gonzaga's not never won a national championship. I mean that that's absolutely embarrassing on their part. It it uh, really is to be that good. I mean they're like a number one seed every single year. This, I mean they're just never battle tested. I mean I mean besides maybe a, a school like St. Mary's uh, in what in the West Coast Conference, they're just not really that battle tested, which goes back to haunt them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it just sucks not to, it's, you know, you got to have a football program. <laughs> That's the tough part. I mean, I remember, I think they were a one seed in like 2013 when Wichita State made the final four and Wichita State upset them. I mean, they've I think, been, they've been a dynasty maybe, for years. Well, I think maybe not start a football program, but maybe just elevate yourself to a conference like the Mountain West. I mean, they got four yeah. teams the tournament and. I mean, even for some of the teams that didn't make it, they were still pretty dang good too. I mean, uh, put like in any this, just anything, yeah, I, any I know, help they can get. I know San Diego State; they have a really good basketball program for a couple years. They they have one heck of, of a basketball environment too. It is absolutely crazy in the Vija Center in uh, San Diego. Uh, you got a lot of those type of schools. I mean, it's just Gonzaga; they're just out here playing in high school gyms. So I I don't know, but. Overall, it, it probably is most likely time to see KU win a national championship and most likely seeing College Avenue and Quivira Road uh, just absolutely uh, go berserk with a lot of the Johnson County students. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to Gonzaga last year, that was probably their year. I mean, when Jalen Suggs hits a crazy shot like he does against UCLA. But I, I mean... I think at the same time, it was also Baylor's time to really get yeah. them. I mean, they played one of the most perfect games of basketball I've ever seen, defensively oh, yeah. and offensively. I mean, that was just an absolute clinic. Um, that was that was one of the best games I've ever seen from a single team. They that was just. I mean, it was. I I, I can't even put it into words. It was just so absolutely superb from them. But I mean, I think we can move on, and we'll talk more about. Um, you know, what's to come for the national championship hopes possibly for KU, but yeah, go ahead, John. We got to talk about a little bit about Duke, North Carolina game. Yeah, that was a game. That was a game for the ages. Um, I mean, not only the stakes behind it, obviously, you know, I think it was the first time Duke and North Carolina had met in the tournament. You know, it was turned out to be coach K's last game and it, it lived up to the, it was, I'm, I'm, I like to pull up the stats for all the, uh, you know, like the ties and lead changes and stuff, but there were a bunch. It was back and forth the entire way. I know the largest lead was seven. It was close the entire game. Bunch of clutch shots at the end. Couldn't ask for anything more. I think that, and overall, it was, it was just a, it was just a superb game. Uh, just seeing the, the amount of, there's passion on each side, which, which, uh, which team really uh, wants to win. Uh, but what I really learned is North Carolina can rebound. Uh, it, it was not, it was, it wasn't just, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Armando. Armando. Yeah. Armando Baycott. Yeah. He had 21 boards. I mean, that North Carolina was coming up with mad, with big stops, offensive rebounds for up a win. Uh, 
if, if they if they do happen to be Kansas, they'll most likely have to be uh, on the glass. Yeah, it, pro- it probably will be, and they'll need more production from Caleb Love, who is probably the player of the tournament, even if North Carolina loses. I mean, he probably won't win. Obviously, he won't win. Obviously, but I mean, I think he's just played. He's just played such great ball. Obviously, uh, Brody Manick as well. Um, the former Oklahoma, um, you know, the former uh, Dean Wade poster guy, as uh, K-State fans would know him. But he's been lighting it up as well. I mean, this has been a just a, a North Carolina team, an absolute hot streak. And hopefully they can keep riding into KU. It would have been funny if Roy Williams was still coaching UNC and they played KU. That would have made it a little more fun for the storylines. That would have been a lot more, a lot more fire coming from the Kansas side of things for sure. Yeah. Um, just looking at at some of the some of the major keys here, I, I don't think this is going to be the sharpest game out of a box. But I, I think eventually the two teams will settle in. I, I think I don't think it'll start off great, but I think but the two teams will settle in. I, I think it's going to be a, a back and forth fight with plenty of momentum swings. You know, it's going to be. I, I think we saw this with the Duke North Carolina game. There was just a lot of momentum swings, and at the end, North Carolina just had the most amount of momentum uh, at the end of the game. I, I, but I think more importantly, I think it the I think it'll go down to fouls with both teams having to overcome rough patches uh, in the outside shooting to um, oh, to keep to keep the hammering inside. So. It'll, I think for Kansas six, it's going to be the first time in a long time that we're going to have to deal with a physical style like this, especially in the paint. Yeah, I think it'll be a, um, I think it'll be actually be a pretty high scoring game. And given how both these teams play, given KU is not that strong defensively. And I think both teams like to push it up the floor. Um, you know, John, I think we could connect this back to being, uh, K-State fans, I, I think we kind of have to talk about a big question here, um, and that is rooting against KU actively um, with a vigorous hatred um, like nothing else anyone has ever seen before, and how justified that is, because I think there are a lot of people who are kind of, you know, like fair-weather fans of either team, really, and they're probably like, just like, like those K-State football KU. <laughs> Oh, the worst like, kind of human those beings. Those are the worst kind of fans. Oh, man. oh my gosh, the worst but, people. I mean, if you are more of a Big 12 homer, you'd probably want to go with Kansas, just with the amount of prestige that could be built uh, within your uh, – with that could be built even more with the Big 12. I mean, you, have, you would have two consecutive national championship teams in the Big 12 as well. You'd have a runner-up as well uh, if you yeah. – Zach. So a big 12 team in the natty the last three years. I mean, you know, John, you know, since obviously it's, you know, it's this, it's a team in Kansas, a team in the big 12, like, why don't you just root for them? Um, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to describe. Obviously well, you could just pull the well, fact that they, well, go ahead. Well, here's the answer, Blake. There's another school in Kansas that's, that has the exact opposite colors of red and blue. Um, and they, we, and I mean, why, why would we need a, why would we not, why would we cheer for Kansas? I mean, those, those Fairweather fans with the Kansas basketball, the K-State football, they just don't know what, 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 uh, what their, uh, what, what, what it is overall with programs um, in general. But I mean, you, 
at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'm, I, this might be the most, uh, I'm cheering for North Carolina in a long time. I, I, and I think you got to give credit to Herbert Davis as well, the head coach for UNC. He's done a great job uh, with North Carolina getting through, uh, getting, well, one, getting into the tournament after suffered, suffering one of the, possibly one of the worst regular seasons uh, in school history. I mean, they just start, they just come out and start launching threes all over Marquette. And then next thing you know, they beat Baylor and they start making some uh, incredible, uh, start making an incredible run, uh, which includes beating St. Peter's, another team who was on an incredible run as well. So uh, I, I think, I think whether a win or lose for North Carolina, they got to be proud of how far they've made it. Yeah, I think they do. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, John. I mean, Hubert Davis beat uh, Coach K in his last game at Indoor, and he beat Coach K to retire him. I mean, that oh, that I'll, already makes I'll, him. I'll give you a fun fact: Coach K's first loss as a head coach was to North Carolina. Yeah, his last loss as a head coach was to North Carolina. So, I'm sure North Carolina fans are just just they're just a smile on their it. face. Just not probably not the best best finish uh, for a coaching career, losing to your arch rival like that. So I don't know, Blake. I don't know. All I can say is for tomorrow night, especially go Tar Heels. Yeah. John, do we do we need to justify our hate for KU? I think I don't know because it's. I think people talk about it all the time, but I don't know if they really explain it. I don't really know how to put it. It's just that KU. Is just they've just they're a total. I mean, I guess you could start out why you hate them by talking by praising them, but they've been a total blue blood for their entire history of KU basketball. They've but had by, it pretty easy. By, by no means. Well, you you got a bit date back to uh, oh what was it 1988 when both teams made it to the final four. Uh, the elite eight, yeah. Or was it the elite? Yeah, the elite yeah, eight. The elite both, eight. Both programs were very comparable to each other at the time. Yeah, KU had more more of a better job sustaining their uh, blue blood prestige compared to K State, especially when it comes to some of the coaching hirings, some of the some of the decisions around the athletic department as well. Uh, whether it comes to recruiting and some of some of the other main factors as well, um, I mean, I have a lot of respect for for Bill Self. Uh, and, and for some of the players that come, came out of KU, uh, especially Oshai Abaji, he's been fantastic uh, for the Jayhawks throughout his career. But, I mean, uh, one, they're, they're a bunch of cheaters. Uh, has to be brought up. It, it, yeah, of course it has to be brought up. The NCAA hasn't done Jack, you know what, to uh, uh, get this sit- situation figured out. Uh, and Number two, I mean, their fans are just some of the most ignorant uh, in college in college basketball. I mean, it's pretty much it's pretty much like Texas football fans when they're good. Except Texas fans today, they're probably like K State fans, and when in which they, if they win, then they'll just start uh, just start flowing the comments or something yeah. like that. I don't I know. Think, the, 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 the Big Twelve has some wild fan bases. They do. I mean, us, Iowa State, Texas Tech, 
I mean, it's going to get even more chaotic with UCF and BYU coming into the conference. Yeah, Yeah, but I think think those are the two things, John. Obviously, the fact with the FBI scandal, and that still hasn't been punished yet, is obviously a point of frustration in the fact that they're, you know, saying that they're the victims in it or anything or, you know, anything like that. And the fact that their their fans are kind of holier than thou and very, I I don't know how to describe it, but they can be very annoying. Um, It's a little... Man, I really don't want to speak like speak out of school here. That it's like that, like we're just K State go holier than thou on them. That K State's got like this great like family atmosphere in our fan base that I feel like KU I mean, doesn't have. It's a, it's. I a don't great, know if that's true, but it's a, it's a great. I mean, K State has one of the best fan bases. Don't get me wrong, but I think at times, I mean, even even for our sakes, uh, K State fans can get out can can get out of hand for at times and um, you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of those uh you're gonna have a lot of those type of fans at schools uh such as KU or maybe in Iowa State or Oklahoma I mean it's just gonna it's just gonna continue being that way yeah Uh, I I mean I mean and even for the kind of a self-inflicted fans for KU basketball I mean, there's some self-inflicted ego fans on the K-State football side during the fall, especially when, especially when KU week comes. Yeah. I mean, I think the third thing to add to that, John, is that there's a bit of like a schadenfreude factor to it, which if you don't know is German for happy, sad. It's like when um, you get, you know, happiness from others like pain and suffering, which I mean, we, I honestly do. It is fun to watch KU lose and to have the fans. It's, it's honestly a lot of fun. One of my favorite moments that is just so vivid in my head is um, Trey Burke's shot um, when he played for Michigan against KU. I think that was the sweet 16. I don't remember what year, maybe like 2014. My dad, he went absolutely crazy. It was if like, it was if like K-State like hit a buzzer beating shot. It was the funniest thing in the world. And I felt the exact same way. I remember I was in sixth grade. I went up to my KU friend the next day. He was so mad. It was absolutely hilarious. Oh, man, dude. The, probably the one where I just started going berserk was um, uh, 2009. I uh, went from, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, from Northern Iowa. From Okanash or so, something, I think that's his name. Um, when he launched that three, I, I was going ballistic. Um, I think there was, I think K-State was playing right, right after KU played Northern Iowa, um, and at that same arena. So there was a lot of K-State fans losing their minds after that one. But, uh, I mean, it's Michigan and Ohio State, it's North Carolina Duke. I mean, it's even K-State and Iowa State to a lesser extent. I mean, you're just going to have a lot of fans that'll feel, that'll be fueled up, uh, based on team, teams, wins or losses. Yeah, and that's just, it's, and that's it's just, just the world of sports. Yeah, it's just it's, it's sports hate. Um, it's just great fun. It's great trolling. Um, I think both sides do it, and I don't really care. Um, I just think it's a lot of fun. I mean, so. when, it, when, it, when a KU fan has to mention something about K-State, I mean, you, you know there's going to be a lot of K-State fans on it. I mean, heck, when there's an opportunity there, I'll take my shots as well. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, so John, who do you have in this national championship again? The game again um, on I'm Monday never, night. 
Why would I choose? Why would I pick Kansas? All right. That is true. I think I, I think well, I think realistically, it's going to come down to to fouls and playing the paint. I think on a non-personal bias, I think KU might have it, but I think on a bias perspective, you could also look at it for North Carolina as well. Uh, just seeing the amount of physic, just the amount of physicality they have, they uh, put on their opponents. Uh, night in and night out. I, I think I think it's gonna be close, but at the end of the day, I can't see those cheaters win a national championship. I'm gonna go with North Carolina. Oh, uh, let's go 77 to 74. That's a good guess. I think that's around what the score is gonna be. I mean, I'm also gonna take North Carolina, obviously. Both these teams are pretty hot coming into this game. So it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, Armando Baycott versus David McCormick. I think that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Um, I'm sure they're going to feed it to McCormick and watch him play. It might be tough for Caleb Love to, um, you know, do his normal thing. I mean, he's been just hitting about anything. He's like putting a golf ball into the ocean. But I mean, when you got Christian Brown, Ochai Abaji, these big wings who can really guard um, Caleb Love, that might be tough for him. Obviously, Remy Martin's had a great tournament. He'll be an X factor for KU. Um, if he can kind of be another threat for them. Um, but I mean, none of that matters. Um, I'm not going to be watching this game with any sort of um, analytical keen eye. I'm just going to be um, screaming for North Carolina. So. We're not, we're not going to be as uh, we're going to, we're not going to be the, the pe- type of analysis type of people or commentary. We're just going to be fans. Just, uh, this, this is, this is a great thing about sports as well. Uh, just, just not only like being like, look like experiencing all like the analysis and all that stuff, just being there. And, and this goes to like working, working at games as well. This, it just like gives you a lot of great, exciting vibes. Just like what's happening in a game or how exciting or electric the atmosphere is. It's, it's, it's truly something special. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm going to know when to yell and I'm going to know when to boo. And um, that's oh, yeah. pretty much all I'm going to know how to do. So um, you, know, you know how to, you know, how to yell, yell and celebrate for your team while obnoxiously rubbing it in towards your rival or <laughs> you'll know how to rant, uh, rant about what happened and cool down and then just think about what happened and you know, you'll move on. I think I think that's a great way to put it, John. Um, so with that, I mean, I think we'll wrap it up here. We'll take a quick break and then we'll hit on some baseball. And we're back. We're back um, after a eensy weensy quick break for the people who are listening to this podcast, John. Um, for, for the specific co- person that's uh, charging his uh, computer since he was down to seventeen percent. You could have survived at seventeen percent. No, I wouldn't. Okay, it's, what whatever you say. It's how stubborn we are in terms of technology today. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm one of those people. Well, I mean, John, um, obviously, opening of Big Twelve play has been pretty tough for K State. Even in K State's wins recently, it's been real tough. The two games against Northern Colorado were real brutal. The weather was terrible. What for the first game on Tuesday it got pushed back to six thirty, and then it got delayed. What time did the game finish, John? Like eleven around eleven thirty. So it was yeah. it was a long day. It was a long day in the office for your boy. Yeah, what, eight hours. Eight hours. Eight hours at work. I mean, 
one what uh one one of my bosses he said what what better what better place to spend a tuesday night a school night at 10 10 30 p.m at at a at a baseball game i mean that's yeah it was fantastic but yeah it, it is a tough big 12 slate when when you're looking at the schedule you have um you you played tcu to start off the big 12 series uh and then you then you uh, hosted oklahoma state this weekend uh i mean next and then next weekend as well you're you're playing one of the hottest teams in the country in texas tech who uh who yesterday beat ku 28 to 2 <laughs> yeah I mean that was just that was just that was just dem- domestic assault right there. That's yeah, that was that was an eighteen plus game. I'm pretty sure they age restricted that. Yeah, you're uh, at Texas Tech and your question is advice. Um, yeah, and then and then you also uh, what was it? Oh yeah, I mean you get uh you get Texas for week after that. Yep. Then you then you have a non conference series with UC Irvine, and then you go back in the conference series play against Oklahoma. So you got the top five teams. In the Big Twelve to to start off uh, the series, so it's not going to be easy uh, on K State's part. Yeah, Kansas, Baylor, West Virginia—the three teams we probably have the best shot at getting wins over are our last three series for the season. So hopefully, we can at least end strong. Have a random game at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech plays baseball. Wow, good for them. I didn't anyway, even, I didn't even know we were playing them. I'm surprised Virginia – I'm just always shocked when the Northeast teams decide they want to play baseball. Anyway, even for that Wednesday game against Northern Colorado, which is what the one I worked, it was extremely slow, and the baseball was terrible. There were 20 walks, I think, in that game, like over 400 pitches. It was a brutal almost four-hour game. Obviously, it wasn't as bad as with the delays that you had the day before, but it was just a real snoozer. And then they come into this home uh, home series here against Oklahoma State. Um, I mean, the score lines look good. They were pretty close to those first two games, John. Um, obviously, we got to talk about Dylan Phillips, who's the new yep. home run king at K-State. Um, but, you know, we're showing signs of life. Obviously, you know, what we were down pretty heavy in the game of uh, the first series, um, but we managed to make it look somewhat reasonable. I think this, besides the Dylan Phillips, you know, breaking the home run record, the career home run record at K-State on Saturday for to get home run 38 and then 39 uh, to break the record. Obviously, getting the win to, um, today as we're recording this um, uh, yesterday for the people who are listening now on Monday, most likely um, on Sunday against Oklahoma State. I mean, it was a pretty solid win. Um, Connor McCullough put up a great outing. Uh, what is his line here? Six innings, five hits, two earned runs, six strikeouts. Um, just a really solid outing for McCullough. His slider was looking real nice, was um, throwing the fastball really well. Um, he, everything was just looking really good. It was a K-State team that um, I wish we had seen a lot more of, John. I, I, I think I, I think you put it right there. And I think even late uh, late in, late in uh, the first and second games, K-State was really trying to make a final push to try to – uh, pull off it, pull up a big upset and uh, secure the series, but uh, just didn't come, just didn't uh, come into fruition for K State. Um, but shout out to um, shout out to Dylan Phillips. Uh, now owns the all time home run record at K State uh, with what was thirty eight when he hit that. I think he's now thirty nine. Uh, he had another one against Oklahoma State in game one as well. Uh, and then you follow you follow that game up um, 
whip a whip a Sunday whip a Sunday um wrap up uh wrap up game and it was a big one for K State. I mean McCollum he was solid on the mound while while the bats for K State they, they looked really good as well. Uh, I think the game was tied at two going into the seventh inning, uh, and I think that's when when it really hit K State that they won this game. But the deep the defense uh, provided by the outfield and uh, Connor McCullough on, on the mound was was superb. Uh, and then you go to the, go off to the offensive side of things. Cole Johnson he had a clutch hit before Nick Goodwin hit a two run blast uh, to give K State I think an a, a three run lead. Uh, I mean, K State would just add two more, two more uh, big, big home runs. I think in a row. Yeah, uh, just back to back. Yep, you have um, the former Oklahoma State player Orlando Salinas with a home run, I and mean, then you also got Justin Mitchell uh, to uh, put the cherry on top for K State. Um, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot better of a showing. I know for Oklahoma State sakes, it's one of those games in which oh, you already secured the series. You, it might not be one of those um, games where it's going to be the, the the overall try trying and um, I don't know that that's what I'm that's what I'm ex- that's typically what you see during a during a third game when a series is already taken. But n- nonetheless, this is a big win, first conference win of a year, especially in a difficult with a difficult schedule like this. Yeah, you take any wins you can get. Get our first one in Big 12 conference play as well. Nice to pick up that in your first two series and not be 0-6. Even though it's just one win difference, I think it makes um, – it's just – I think it's better for morale to get a win against, you know, a top 10 Oklahoma State team that is really solid and has Omaha um, hopes. Um, I mean, do you have any other thoughts on the baseball team, John, going forward? Um, they got a game uh, – this Tuesday against Creighton, Toynton Family yeah. Stadium. So go out to that. Hopefully the weather will be nice. I haven't checked the forecast. It was really nice today. Speaking, yeah, I mean, speaking of Omaha right there, yeah, that's who K-State will face on Tuesday. Um, quick shout out to the fans, though. We, we haven't really seen the amount of numbers uh, when it comes to attendance. I, I, was at, I was at the Saturday game, and there was a – it was a big crowd there. I mean, Sunday, it was probably even bigger than that when, it, when uh, I think it was a – uh, it was a sellout, yeah. Sellout, yeah, sellout crowd. So, just continue on supporting the baseball pl- baseball players because they could uh, really use uh, all the support they can get, especially in a in a tough conference and a, especially a tougher slate like this. Uh, I mean, even even on bad days like the Northern Colorado or Nebraska type of days where it's all cold, rainy, poor conditions like that. Uh, they'll they'll benefit more uh, with with the bigger crowd. Yeah, we got to give credit to anybody who showed up to the game on Tuesday or Wednesday for the Northern Colorado games. I think there were about ten people there, probably. But I I will give a serious thank you to every single one of those people that showed up because that was a serious uh, trudge, and for them to stay the entire game, absolute props to them. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, so I think with that, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. I think we covered everything, John. It's been a pretty good episode. Glad we got caught up on everything in the state. Uh, make sure you're following the podcast. Leave a review wherever you're listening. Follow us on Twitter at ShakenBlake312. Uh, make sure to take our Sporkle quizzes um, for K-State Sports Trivia. Uh, round 1, 2, or 3. Go to Sporkle.com. Uh, look at K-State Sports Trivia. Round 1, 2, or 3. 
And uh, with that, John, we are out of here. Cats by 90. Cats by 90. Ima, Ima, Ima. <laughs>